Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and thanks for joining me. We are going to be talking Masters coverage. Uh, seems a quick turnaround given everything that's gone on since November, but uh, obviously this is the more traditional time for the Masters right after the NCAA tournament, which uh, wrapped up last night. and. You know, just a, a brief aside as to the NCAA tournament, you know, all things considered, great tournament. I know everyone was looking forward to the final, uh, but, uh, you know, a couple of things that I don't think people were really accounting for uh, between Gonzaga and Baylor was the fact that Baylor was considered the best team in the country at the beginning of the year uh, before they ran into their own shutdown issues for COVID protocols. And they kind of uh, uh, tailed off uh, in the middle uh, part of the season. But, you know, in the beginning part of the year, uh, Baylor not only had one of the top offense in the league, but also was pretty up there in the defensive rankings. And then their defense started to tail off in the middle part of the year, which is why there were some concerns about Baylor coming into the tournament was the fact that they weren't playing any defense uh, necessarily in the Big 12. And they weren't nearly as efficient as they had been on offense. So, you know, that was the knock on them. But uh, they were able to kind of turn it around in the tournament. And as you saw, as things progressed, they really were a class above uh, the other teams that they were facing. And even Gonzaga ran into some issues where I think in a neutral setting like that, I think Gonzaga... Uh, definitely uh, wins at least 50% of the time. But, you know, when you combine a couple of factors, namely being the fact that Gonzaga had that thrilling overtime win over UCLA, you got some tired legs. I mean, they put up a number of shots. They scored over 90 points, played OT, you know, a, a less than 48-hour turnaround. You know, you're going to have tired legs, and I just don't think people accounted for that enough. Uh, and the betting lines, uh, you know, having Gonzaga favored by four and a half, you know, I, I didn't agree with it. I just didn't, uh, want to go too aggressively on that game. So I wasn't taking that much action on it, but I definitely felt as though the line, uh, really, you know, was giving a little bit too much respect to Gonzaga on the body of their work rather than what we actually saw is the fact that they had a very grueling game. Uh, in the final four, whereas Baylor cruised in the final uh, in their matchup against Houston, had fresh legs and, you know, on a team composition standpoint, was just as good, if not better than Gonzaga. You know, that's uh, on a neutral court. That makes it very hard uh, to take uh, Gonzaga as a favorite. That that was more of a dog position. But, you know, you try not to side against the undefeated team in the championship game. So. Uh, you know, I could see where the public money was coming in on Gonzaga, but you know, realistically, th there was uh, there was opportunity there uh, if you wanted to side with Baylor uh, to be had, in my opinion. But overall, fantastic tournament. 
you know, given everything that that is the, the NC double uh, A had to kind of worked on, you know, you can criticize them for a number of things, but they did uh, work very hard to uh, uh, keep teams uh, in a good position. So I have to give them credit there. Obviously, uh, when it comes to the NCAA and money, uh, they were not going to be soon departed with it uh, for another year. So, uh, you know, the safety protocols did have uh, some monetary uh, attachments that uh, were the driving factors in terms of how things were run. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, there were a number of issues brought up uh, between the comparison of the men's tournament uh, and uh, the women's tournament, which I'll get into uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a monetary issue when it comes to the NCAA. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, so I'll kind of go through the financial numbers uh, that, uh, you know, you see bandied about with uh, uh, collegiate a- athletics compared to professional sports. So uh, we're going to go into uh, some of the context there. Uh, NCAA says they're going to do better in terms of the representation between both tournaments. I have high doubts about that, but uh, as I said, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll have uh, some more coverage on that in a future episode. So uh, without much further ado, let's get into the Masters. And, you know, obviously we had the Masters uh, delayed until November, and the course played differently because of... uh, uh, the timing uh, and weather-wise, it was uh, very rainy at that point in the year in, uh, at Augusta National in, in Georgia. Uh, so you had a very different uh, uh, course layout uh, in terms of uh, the greens. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Augusta National, probably the most famous golf course in the world uh at this point, uh, and golf's biggest major being the Masters and the winner receiving uh, the green jacket, which is uh, essentially the highest uh, uh, prize of them all just because of uh, how prestigious it is for professional golfers. So everyone is gunning for a green jacket, uh, even if you have one. Uh, you know, winning multiple green jackets, I mean, that's pretty much uh, a lock for uh, Hall of Fame stats for a golfer, but even getting one is a tremendous uh, career accomplishment. So, you know, uh, it it's a long course. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, seventy four hundred yards in total. Uh, you know, par seventy two. You know, the course does not change. Uh, it is uh, very tricky. You've got a number of areas where. You know, the greens uh, can play very fast. Uh, That was uh, not the case in November because of uh, the weather and the rain. Uh, You know, it it definitely played much slower. Um, You know, as much as they can dry out the golf course, it was very, uh, the weather conditions just made it a very different golf course, uh, which uh, kind of made it more of a, of a bomber's golf course. So uh, the defending champion uh, this year is uh, Dustin Johnson. Uh, You know, obviously he won it in November. Uh, You know, in terms of uh, 
Dustin Johnson's uh, game right now, it's not in a good spot, uh, to be honest. Uh, he's uh, he struggled in the last couple of months uh, to kind of regain his normal form. And, you know, pricing wise, he's basically at the uh, top of the uh, top of the tier on, bo- on both DraftKings and FanDuel. He's 11,500 on DraftKings, to, uh, to over 12,000 on FanDuel. And, you know, it makes it very difficult to actually play Dustin Johnson. I know he won here in November, but his form isn't there. And, you know, the price tag is going to tam- uh, stem down ownership just because of, you know, how many other options you could go to instead uh, of uh, Dustin Johnson. But, you know, I'm not going to necessarily cross him out of my player pool just yet, but uh, I am going to be underweight uh with the field uh you know uh, some of the projections uh for his ownership uh is going to be near 15 percent and i just can't see myself playing uh you know i'm going to be mass entering tournaments and you know give him overall player exposures i just can't see myself rostering that many lineups that has uh, dustin johnson uh, at that price tag in there um but um you know in terms of uh, approach uh, to the green game, uh, you know, I just look at uh, uh, some of the golfers that would be able to uh, uh, take advantage of this course. And Dustin Johnson obviously is near uh, the top of the list, you know, when he's on. It's just, you know, it's very hard to make that call at the moment of, uh, can he get it done and how much you're going to play him? Uh, you know, I, like I said, I think I'm going to end up being underweight, but uh, I wouldn't be outright taking him out of my player pool just yet. Next player that is going to be interesting to talk about here is John Rom. Uh, you know, everything in John Rom's game sets up for a great, uh, a great uh, week at Augusta issue with John Rahm is the fact that his wife is due uh, to deliver the baby any day now and he's already set on record that even if he's leading uh, the tournament he's going to witness the birth of his child so the narrative here and uh, is you know he could be doing great but you know the the baby's coming the baby's coming and he's going to be out of there uh, so, you know, as great as his off the tee a, a game can be and his putting can be, you know, it's a very risky proposition playing John Rahm at the moment. Uh, 11,000 on DraftKings, uh, 11,700 on FanDuel. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, if you're doing DFS scoring, you need your golfer to A, make the cut, but B, finish out the week. Uh, you know, to be in any serious contention. And, you know, the ROM, the ROM news is that uh, you're really rolling the dice uh, there that uh, his game's going to hold up. Uh, you know, he's not going to be distracted. You know, again, this is all outside forces, you know, on a normal uh, uh, Masters tournament, ROM is a fantastic play, uh, no matter the price tag. Uh, you know, given his current form, you know, his uh, 
his uh, performance should be uh, like well up there. I mean, he's finished inside the top ten his last three visits to Augusta. So again, there's nothing wrong with Rom outside of we just don't know personally if uh, he's going to be able to be invested uh, this entire uh, week, and you know that's where. Uh, the concern lies uh, with Rom, so uh, we'll see how his ownership uh, plays out as the uh, as we head into uh, Thursday. But uh, you know, uh, Thursday morning uh, when lineups lock. But I would not be surprised to see Rom, you know, really start coming down in ownership because uh, as of right now, he's over twenty five. Expect to be over twenty five percent owned in lineups. You know, maybe folks are willing to risk. Uh, roll the dice or just didn't know about the baby news. Uh, but, uh, there, there carries a lot more risk with Rom than, uh, what his ownership, uh, uh, estimates, uh, would, uh, indicate. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, uh 10,800 on DraftKings, 11,900 on FanDuel. Uh, listen with Bryson, you know, he won the player's championship, uh, yeah, he won the Arnold Palmer. He won the U.S. Open uh, uh, last season. You know, Bryson has just been on a tear this past year. Uh, with Bryson, it's all about the driver game and uh, how far he can hit, uh, hit the boomstick. Uh, you know, it's really that simple. Uh, with Bryson, you know, obviously he's going to, uh, you know, approach the game from a scientific way of how and when he can hit the ball as hard as he possibly can. Uh, if you've never seen Bryson DeChambeau play, uh, you know, it, it is something to uh, watch because, uh, you know, golf purists will decry that he's uh, 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 causing uh, a difference for a, a, a a stark departure from the way the game is normally played. Um, but, uh, he's very, uh, Bryson's very much about the analytics and, uh, how he can at- attack par fives and it uses uh, ability to gain distance, uh, to, uh, his maximum advantage. And, you know, I think he can get it done at Augusta. Uh, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but, uh, you know, one of these years, He's going to figure out, you know, even with the elevation of the greens, you know, how best to attack this golf course. And, you know, once he puts it together, look out. He he, he has the tools to be able to dominate Augusta the way Tiger used to be able to do it uh, in uh, in his prime. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely something to kind of uh, keep an eye out for with Bryson. So, Bryson's definitely in my player pool. I don't know if he's going to be in my main lineup just yet. Because uh, there is, there certainly carries a lot of risk for Bryson to not make the cut at Augusta. You know, uh, he's very much an all or nothing kind of uh, play. But uh, given his uh, form right now, it's hard to kind of look past uh, Bryson given the questions we do have about uh, Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. Justin Thomas, 10-6 on DraftKings, uh, 11.8 thousand on FanDuel. You know, 
I I think you know with Justin Thomas winning the Players Championship, uh, even though he was being chased down by Bryson, I I just think that uh, you know Thomas has just been up and down. So yes, he won the Players, but coming into the Players, he was having a lot of issues with uh, his uh, finishing in, in certain tournaments, and you know. JT has great history at Augusta. Uh, the issue with uh, Thomas usually ends up being in a major. Will the putter hold up? Um, but uh, you know, he's uh, he he finished fourth in November. You know, again, those were with slower green, so the putting wasn't nearly as much of an issue. But uh, you know, it's hard to kind of look past Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, there's nothing in this game uh, that would indicate that. Uh, yeah, you could uh, be concerned about him making a cut, uh, which again makes him an extremely popular play. So uh, that's where uh, you may end up having to make a decision on him. Is if he ends up being the most popular top golfer, you know, does it make sense rostering him? I think I think it it, it does. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I I can I can see the argument. Uh, as to why you would uh, you would avoid uh, uh, Thomas if he gets too popular, uh, the way the projections are kind of leaning towards with over thirty percent ownership. All right, next up, uh, here's someone I'm fading. Absolutely, I don't care. Uh, we got Rory McIlroy at, at ten thousand two hundred, uh, eleven thousand four hundred on Fanduel. Listen. <sighs> it's it's been a while for Rory where we felt really good about his game you know uh he he's looked good in parts but a lot of these major tournaments he's been kind of in that also ran category and you know at his price tag I want the win equity if I'm going to be paying up at this price range and I just don't see it uh with Rory uh, at the moment, being uh, having the willingness to close, so I will be taking Rory out of my player pool uh, this week. And if he beats me, he beats me. Uh, there's going to be another popular name uh, that I'll be taking out as well. But uh, I just, uh, I just don't see it with Rory's current form. Xander Shoffley, you know, ten thousand on DraftKings, eleven point three thousand on FanDuel. Uh, Xander, you know, the game has not necessarily been there. Talent certainly is there. Uh, he did finish second two years ago. Uh, so he's got good course history. It's just right now, uh, Xander hasn't been in great form. And, uh, you know, when you have to start making decisions, uh, I'm, Gonna have to wonder, you know, where Xander falls into the mix for me. So, uh, definitely something I'd be uh, keeping in mind of. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, 9,800 on DraftKings, 11,100 on FanDuel. You know, he's finished inside the top 20 twice in the last three trips of, uh, at, at Augusta, you know, 
I would say that uh, missing the cut at the Players' Championship was a bit of a concern. Uh, it definitely killed my DFS lineups, having as much exposure to Cantlay uh, as I did. So, you know, I might be slightly reticent to uh, throw him into my main lineup, but uh, I do think that Cantlay uh, is in far better form than uh, Xander at the moment. So, I, you know, if I were given a choice between the two, I'd take uh, Cantlay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think his ownership is going to be a bit depressed this week. Uh, next up, Jordan Spieth and another one of my uh, main fades uh, for the week. Uh, he's 9,400 on DraftKings, uh, 10,900 on FanDuel. Listen, Spieth is going to be one of the popular picks that everyone's going to gravitate towards. He won at the Valero uh, tournament uh, this past weekend. He's been in contention uh, uh, the past uh, three tournaments, uh, and he closed one out, obviously, over the weekend. You know, I... I know Spieth has excellent course history at Augusta. Uh, and, you know, when he's on the T-degree game, you know, basically he's almost second to none uh, overall. So it's not a matter of does he have the ability to do well. It's just with Spieth, he can get into such a cold spell in rel- relatively short order that uh, I'm... I'm wondering if rolling the dice is worthwhile. And, you know, I just think that with the public going to be so heavily on speed, I think I can gain a little bit more leverage by just fading him outright rather than, you know, being underweight and having some exposure to him. I think doing the outright fade makes the lineups already different uh, by limiting the pool. So, you know, I'm I'm going to be fading speed uh, and, you know, almost a similar story with Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka. So Reed is 9,300 on DraftKings, uh, uh, 10.8 on FanDuel, uh, Kepka 9,200 on DraftKings, 11.6 on FanDuel. Um, so Reed is in pretty good form and, you know, He's uh, he's definitely been in uh, in the mix at Augusta uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, so with Reed's game, it's a lot of uh, just mechanics wise. If he's in good form, you know you should feel uh, fine about uh, uh, rostering him. I just don't necessarily see myself doing it again. Uh, sometimes it, it kind of comes down to the overall ownership uh, and how popular certain folks are expected to be. And with his win, I definitely expect uh, Spieth to be amongst the most owned golfers in general and kind of go from there. So, you know, want to be able to get a little bit different from uh, the rest of the pack. And so I'll be, uh, kind of leaning towards uh, uh, cutting out uh, Reed entirely. Uh, Brooks, on the other hand, you know, recovering from knee surgery, and not that long ago, uh, 
you know, within the past uh, uh, month and a half, uh, you know, he's back out at the golf course uh, hitting balls again. You know, I'm curious to see if uh, if the knee surgery is going to play a role. I, I think uh, trying to force the issue by having uh, by having uh, having uh, Kepka in your lineup, you're g- you know, if you're going to play Kepka, you're going to have to have uh, count, uh, countermeasures and uh, pivot towards if, if things look as though, uh, you know, he can't complete the tournament. Um, you know, obviously your your overall uh, tournament lineup would be dead with a withdrawal, but, you know, even with uh, trying to... Uh, win a tournament, you know, you don't know how much practice time he's gotten. So it it, it makes it makes it a bit of a tough call. Uh, you know, I think it's either you're going to be you know, 15 to 20% own uh, ownership in your player pool with Brooks or you don't play him at all. I I just feel as though you're going to need to uh be a little bit more aggressive, especially for the Millie Maker tournament to uh, playing uh, Brooks. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all, but uh, just be prepared uh, to uh, get uh, uh, questioned about uh, uh, the status of Brooks Kepka throughout the week. So I, I would say, you know, you don't have to cross them out of your player pool, but be very cautious that uh, it could blow up on you. So, uh, you know, you just got to be prepared of how many lineups you're willing to have died because of uh, Brooks uh, withdrawing from the contest. Tony Fee now 9,100 on DraftKings, uh, 10-7 on FanDuel. You know, Fee now has uh, played extremely well at the Masters. I, I know I keep saying that with these cu- top guys, but that's why they're in the top uh, top tier range because of uh, how well they've been able to perform uh, over the last uh a couple of uh, years, and you know, with Finau, it just kind of comes down to if he's in position to win a tournament, will he actually show the medal and the resolve to get it done? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a reasonable question to ask uh, because we've seen Tony come up short uh, in round four when he's got. Uh, championship aspirations online so uh curious to see how Finau pans out but uh you know his tee to green game is uh elite and i i am still not sure whether or not i'm gonna be uh that heavily on uh Finau, uh this week but uh he's definitely in uh consideration for the player pool webb simpson 9,000 on DraftKings, 10-5 on FanDuel. You know, missed the cut at the Players' Championship, but uh, last three trips to Augusta, tied for 10th, tied for 5th, and tied for 20th. Uh, so, you have, uh, you have uh, a case where, you know, golfer wants to play, uh, there's a uh, uh, there's a prepared uh, uh, 
stance on Webb that he can compete in tournaments where you don't have all the big names out there. But when it comes to larger, uh, more prestigious tournaments uh, like this, uh, which is major, uh, and others, uh, you know, you're just not getting that same kind of uh, lift as you would with uh, some of these other more expensive golfers that have won more consistently against excellent competition. So that's the concern about Webb is, you know, he may be an also ran, but not necessarily a serious contender uh, to win the tournament. And uh, to kind of cap off uh, the elite pricing tier, uh, we've got Colin Morikawa, 9600 on DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel pricing at just over 11000 Uh You know, I have a tough time going with Colin uh, just because, uh, you know, recent form hasn't been the best. Um, but uh, it, it's it's tough because... You know, he has so many good qualities, but the issue that I've seen crop up is the putter. And with the Masters, you do need to be able to make putts. And that's where I'm I'm looking at it. It's like, you know, if I'm playing Morikawa at 11,000 on FanDuel or uh, 9,600 on uh, DraftKings, I would almost say, you know, let me just try to find uh, the extra couple uh, hundred bucks on FanDuel or if it's DraftKings, just find a thousand bucks to get up to Justin Thomas because I'd be getting the same exposure. Now, I'm sure some folks would make the counter argument of, you know, why am I paying up for Justin Thomas where I know he's got questionable putting, but, you know, even though he's got excellent course history, let me just trade down to get Morikawa. And it's just, you know, again, I, I kind of value the course history and kind of knowing where some of the breaks are versus just uh, pure skill set alone. So uh, Morikawa, I, I'm also going to be taken out of my player pool. Um, next up uh, in this uh, n- next round of pricing tiers, uh, uh, so uh, about 9000 and below uh, type of players, uh, you know, we're, it's going to be headlined by uh, Lee Westwood, uh, whom is an automatic fade for me. Uh, you know, Westwood, uh, yes, he has course history at Augusta, but man, Westwood really until the last uh, two months had been in terrible form. I know he's on. Uh, incredible hot streak, but I, I don't see it continuing through the Masters. Uh, you know, I I think it's already reached that point where his game, he's still trying to uh, figure it out again after everything clicked. So I, you know, I'm just not going to be on Westwood this week. Uh, same for Tyrrell Hatton. You know, it, it's it's harder to make the justifications uh, given some of the names that I've seen uh, come up uh, over time, you know, I just don't necessarily see the value uh, going with Hatton uh, at uh, 8,900 on DraftKings. Uh, You know, there just doesn't seem to be 
any worthwhile reason. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more of a reasonable play on FanDuel at ten uh, four if you want to get off of uh, Webb Simpson uh, uh, kind of territory, but you know. I, I just don't see the value in Manhattan this week either. So he, uh, I definitely see those two not being in my player pool. Uh, Victor Hovland, you know, has course history here. He played as an amateur and, you know, has been in great form uh, this year. He, this is more of a all-around all play uh, as a uh, as opposed to Morikawa, which is more let's try to win the tournament uh, type of pick. Hovland, I you know definitely has potential to win a pick. He's fifty. Uh, he's actually thirty five to one odds to win the tournament. Uh, so he definitely has uh, uh, the backing of Vegas. Uh, it's just a matter of you know. I I think uh, it, it's kind of a case of uh, you know. You're going to get a decent placement, a, a good shot selection, but not necessarily this is going to be the year where he puts it all together uh, for an entire course to uh, to take down a major. So uh, not not necessarily going to be uh, cutting Hovland out completely, but definitely going to be under underweight on him. Sun JM, 8,600 on DraftKings, 10,000 on FanDuel. It is... Uh, it is tempting to play him based off of what he did in November, but I'm not going there. Uh, you know, it was a different course. Uh, this is going to rely far more on putting. I just, I don't necessarily see it with Sanjay. It's possible. Uh, I'm not going to put it past the guy given his talent, but I'm um, just uh, don't think that's necessarily the best. This is the best spot for him. Daniel Berger, 8,500 on DraftKings, 10-3 on FanDuel. You know, top 10 finish at the players uh, has uh, made uh, the cut at all three of his appearances. You know, definitely a cheaper option of what you'd be looking for in Webb Simpson. So in the player pool, uh, it's just the biggest question would be, can he win a major? Uh, But you know, it, it's uh, it's not necessarily uh, adverse to have him in your lineups, in my opinion. I, I think he, he's going to be able to put up solid numbers across the board. Uh, next up, Hideki Matsuyama. You know, Hideki has not played well this year. Uh, it, it's it's no secret that he's been he's been up and down. Uh, Oh, I missed Scotty Scheffler as well. Uh, I'll circle back with uh, Scotty. Um, but um, Hideki, you know, ownership's going to be down. Price is down. This seems like in a large field tournament. So if you're playing the Millie Maker uh, and you're playing, you know, 20 plus, uh, 30 plus lineups, uh, having exposure to Hideki makes a ton of sense. I'm just not uh, sold on him being in my main lineup. But uh, so. Likely be underweight on him, but it definitely makes a ton of sense as a GPP uh, target. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, you know, good player, excellent form, 
no complaints about him. Uh, you know, I, I think this is definitely a good spot to roster him. Uh, 8,400 on DraftKings. Uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, I, I would say Scheffler is in that kind of dark horse, uh, mix of players. Cause, uh, you know, he's the same price as Sunjay on FanDuel at 10 K. Uh, but uh, definitely flying under the radar this week in terms of uh, players being discussed. So I think Scheffler makes a ton of sense as a GPP target, uh, and I think he makes the cut. Uh, Cameron Smith, uh, 8,200 DraftKings, 9,900 on FanDuel, you know, 50-1 odds. He has been playing great in terms of Last couple of events. In his last couple of appearances, uh, he's finished in the top five twice. So, uh, two top five finishes in the last three appearances at Augusta. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be in the mix. Uh, you know, I really uh, don't have any qualms about playing uh, Cameron Smith uh, this week. Uh, you know, he played tremendously in November. Uh, won me quite a bit of money uh, by his play, to be honest. Uh, it's just, I think he, again, is well-suited for uh, the course. I don't think uh, putting is necessarily going to be uh, an issue for him. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking, uh, consider it at GPP lineup, but uh, definitely have uh, your exposure uh, to Cameron Smith in there. And I would also throw in uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's name into the mix at 8,100 on DraftKings and uh, 10,100 uh, 10, on FanDuel. Uh, mainly because, uh, again, you know, excellent form uh, this year. And uh, Fitzpatrick has made his last five cuts uh, at Augusta. You know, there's just n- nothing wrong with his game. And pricing wise, it makes a ton of sense. So, uh, it's it's easier to get off of some of the more popular names because you've got these guys in in the lower pricing tier uh, that are in a nice sweet spot to put up points. So uh, definitely uh, trying to be uh, measured uh, in terms of uh, there's uh, of uh, how I feel about some of these guys, but uh, I I definitely feel as though. Uh, the optimal lineup is going to have someone in this uh, range, probably two to three uh, players in this range uh, to make it work uh, from an optimal standpoint. So it, we'll we'll see how it plays out, but I definitely think it's a real approach. Uh, a couple of guys that I'm not as keen on. Uh, so uh, we talked about. Uh, uh, we we talked about the the fact that uh, we were getting so much value at uh, some of these lower pricing points, uh, but uh, you know, kind of uh, taking a step back, uh, you got uh, Harris English. You know, I i have uh i have concerns about uh some of these players like english uh, just health wise how are they doing you know what 
was uh, uh, some of the rationale. Um, way more expensive on FanDuel, so definitely n- n- out of the player pool on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, uh, 7,300. Uh, you know, it's a uh, kind of a case where form's not great, but man, that price tag is so cheap uh, that uh, it's a very real possibility that uh, the uh, uh, the pricing tiers uh, can be widely different, but uh, in terms of his game, though, Harris English should uh, work out, but you know, I worry about the injury uh, by the time he gets ready to play, you know, if they deem it worthwhile, if uh, they are as far ahead as they are right now, uh, makes it a little bit of a tougher recommendation with uh, Harris English. Uh, next up, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 8,000 on DraftKings, 9,700 on FanDuel. Uh, you know, love Tommy, but the form just has not been there this year, and we're going to need to move in a different direction. So uh, unless we see something, I think uh, changes are going to be made uh, sooner than later. So, you know, it definitely uh, uh, works uh, from our standpoint that, uh, you know, it, it it just uh, it make it makes uh, far more sense to uh, fade Fleetwood than trying to hope for a completely solid round of uh, golf and no issues or hiccups to report. Uh, you know, I just think that uh, he's going to play straight, and uh, you know that's probably the way uh, way to go. But uh, usually, uh, Fleetwood has that blow up hole that takes down an entire round and then obviously keeps you out of running because uh, he blew, uh, he blew the flash and, you know, got nothing out of it. So, uh, I, I just look at Fleetwood as, uh, one of those shots in the dark, uh, you know, definitely could work, but I can definitely see, uh, it backfiring spectacularly. So, um, yeah, that's just, Pretty much all I had to say about this range. Uh, And I'll cap it off with uh, what to do about Sergio. So Sergio Garcia obviously won the Masters two years ago and has fallen off a cliff since. You know, it's one thing to play at Augusta for a number of years, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see Sergio, uh, because he struggled with this, uh, being able to execute on uh, some of these uh, designs, uh, you know, it's not the easiest uh, task uh, to make those updates. And, uh, you know, at least uh, they can take solace in knowing that, uh, uh, you know, for those who are brave enough to uh, go out with Sergio, uh, it just, uh, it's just one of those things where I, I think I'm going to play Sergio, but man, I don't feel comfortable playing him, uh, and I'll leave it at that. It's just uh, way too likely he can blow up, but uh, got to take a shot at at the price tag on DraftKings at at a minimum. All right, so in this next group of uh, golfers in the sub-8,000 range, 
you're going to need at least uh, two of these guys uh, to hit and uh, to make your lineups work, in my opinion. And so, you know, with that in mind, you know, there are a lot of folks to go through uh, in this group. Uh, and I'm not going to run down each and every one of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, folks that I'm automatically going to be crossing off, uh, Max Homa, Matthew Wolf, uh, Francesco Molinari, uh, just no interest. Uh, uh, same goes, uh, for Shane Lowry, uh, Victor Perez, even though he had that run in, uh, the match play tournament, uh, two weeks ago, uh, just not, not, not going to be interested in, uh, these folks, uh, to be uh, perfectly honest, uh, but uh, the folks that I would be looking at, uh, I uh, want to uh, go back to Paul Casey. Uh, yes, he's burned me multiple times, uh, but uh, still, you know, uh, Paul Casey has uh, three top six finishes here at Augusta. Uh, you know, in his last couple of events, uh, he's in good form. He's had all top 10 finishes. He's been solid, uh, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, for 2021. Uh, obviously, uh, the match play didn't work out, but you know that's a very different format than tournament. So uh, I, I think uh, Paul Casey really should be a staple in most lineups and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, Adam Scott, I don't have interest in, I know the course history favors him. Uh, I'll probably be a little bit underweight on Scott. Uh, you know, he's a former winner of the master, so you can't discount that. Uh, but, uh, definitely going to be not looking to go too heavy on Scott. Uh, uh, you know, he, he's projected to be about 10% ownership, but uh, not exactly feeling great about it. Uh, two, uh, the three guys that I would be looking to target would be Jason Day, Abraham Monser, and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, all three of these guys are in that same price range of 75 uh, to 7400 on DraftKings. Uh, Day is 9800 on FanDuel. Uh, Neiman, 9,600. is only 9K on FanDuel. He's pretty much a lock for me on FanDuel. But um, the tee to green game for all three of these guys uh, work out quite well. Uh, strokes gained on approach. Uh, all the stats favor these uh, these three players. So, you know, along with Casey, I'm probably going to have one of these three uh, in the the majority of my main uh, build, uh, I I don't really see myself uh, going uh, too far outside the well in that regard, uh, just because of uh, their ability to make shots and also not lose that much with the putter. I, I think you're, as I said, you're, you're likely going to have to uh, get two guys in this, uh, uh, sub 8k range, uh, and you know, be below 7k, I think is dicey. So it's just a couple of dart throws that I will throw out for the sub uh, 7k range. But, uh, you know, 
the dart throws would be uh, first and foremost, uh, Brian Harmon, uh, you know, never going to be a guy that's going to put up Boffo numbers, but really solid. Uh, So he's 69, I mean, 6,800 on DraftKings, uh, 9,100 on FanDuel. Uh, Better play uh, for uh the DraftKings format. Uh FanDuel, I I'm not as looking uh not looking to do as much of a stars and scrubs approach on FanDuel. I think you got enough guys that are priced uh together that uh you know the bottom of FanDuel doesn't really do all that much uh this week. I think you're pretty much uh, should be kind of sticking in that middle tier range rather than trying to go well below nine K. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Harmon, uh, definitely, uh, has a nice floor, uh, should be fine for cash games. GBPs might not have as much, uh, enough of an upside, but, uh, solid enough play that, uh, you know, I won't hold it against anyone that goes that route. Uh, but, uh, the guys I would be interested in, uh, for, uh, some upside in the sub seven K range, uh, would be, uh, Ryan Palmer. Uh, he's 6,500 on DraftKings, eight K on FanDuel, a number of, uh, good finishes, uh, uh, coming into the masters. And, uh, you know, he's made the cut here two out of three times. Uh, you know, at this price range, you're just uh, throwing it out there. Trying to uh, get some salary relief uh, and hope, uh, you know, you make it through uh, to the weekend and uh, you get a, tw- a top 20 finish uh, when you're going this low. Uh, Matt Wallace, uh, 6,400 on DraftKings, AK on FanDuel. Uh, again, you're hoping to try to make the cut at, at this price range. Um Matt Kuchar, uh, 6,800, 8,800 on FanDuel. He, he's, uh, he's had uh, five uh, finishes inside the top uh, 12 at Augusta in the past. You know, recent form wasn't great until uh, he had a good run at the match play two weeks ago. So I'm uh, not as keen on Kuchar, but I can certainly understand uh, why some folks would uh, look in his direction, but the guy that I would be going towards, and I think uh, he's been talked up uh, a bit as well, uh, looking at some of these ownership projections, would be Corey Connors at sixty nine hundred uh, and eighty nine hundred on Fanduel. Uh, you know, he's got uh, tremendous ball striking ability. Been on a great run. Uh, uh, last couple of tournaments, you know, in terms of Tita Green, he's in the top five, uh, as well as approach and off the tee. His uh, putter, which was the weak part of his game, has been uh, play, uh, has actually uh, worked out for him. He's actually gained strokes uh, with his putter. So realistically, he's on a hot streak right now, putting wise. So I don't really see a ton of downside with Corey Connors. And again, uh, when you're going down this low, uh, usually it's to try to uh, get some salary relief uh, to fit in 
more studs at the top. So I don't have any problems with uh, going at it with that approach. And uh, even if you're just selecting Corey Connors outright, I don't have a problem with it uh, going in that direction. Uh, so that's where I'm going to leave it in terms of uh, uh, the player pool uh, this week. Uh, but uh, just because uh, I know we've covered quite a lot of ground here uh, today, but uh, you know, you're going to need to make some decisive decisions with your player pool this week. and my takeaways would be, you know, you could do one pump play under 7K, but I want to go crazy over it. Uh, you should be looking at at least two plays in this sub uh, 8K range. And then uh, from there on, uh, you're going to be building out the rest of your roster accordingly from what I had discussed at the top. Uh, you're going to need to make some decisions. Uh, I'm going to be. Uh, underweight on some of the top stars on tour uh, just because you can't play everyone if uh, realistically even if you are playing 150 lineups uh, it's just not conducive long term in terms of uh, profitability to have uh, your player pool that large uh, to play everyone so uh, gonna need to make some decisions uh, but uh, hopefully uh, this uh, was enough to uh, kind of point you uh, in a, a decent spot to kind of come to your own decision. So uh, I will leave it there, but uh, hopefully we have a wonderful tournament. Uh, the weather on Friday looks as though uh, it could be kind of messy from a rain and wind perspective. So that could certainly uh, cause some problems with uh, the cut line. But, you know, again, if it gets too egregious uh they're they're going to hold up play uh for the uh masters they don't want the uh weather to dictate uh how the tournament results go so uh, again it's uh, one of those areas where they can dry out the course quickly as long as uh, uh the inclement weather uh, doesn't linger too long in the system so uh we'll see how uh it plays out but uh Definitely an interesting tournament, to say the least, uh, given the tourner, uh, turnaround. I think uh, 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 the course plays far differently than it did in November. So I would actually be looking closer towards uh, a guy like Bryson uh, this week uh, in terms of how hot he's been playing, just the approach of the game. You know, Bryson can win the tournament or... Uh, finish uh, well outside of uh uh outside of the cut line it it really is that uh wide of a, a range in, in terms of uh, how it could play out so again uh, in terms of some of the winners i, I think uh, we could see here uh i like bryson at 11 to 1 uh i'll also would be uh, curious about uh, the likes of uh, Daniel Berger at thirty-five to one, Cameron Smith at fifty to one, uh, even a Matthew Fitzpatrick at uh, forty to one. You know they have the game to actually uh, compete and do well at the Masters. So uh, again, I, I wouldn't necessarily think it's uh, it's all going to be concentrated with the top players. So uh, we shall see, but. Uh, Hopefully it's a lovely tournament again uh, this year, and uh, uh, 
hopefully we can get some winners out of uh, out of the, some of the lineups that'll be coming from this. So uh, that's all for now. Have a good one, folks. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.